All right. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to Travel and Sip, a show that gives you a taste of the world. I'm Kieran. And I'm Ingrid. Uh, and, and through this show, we'll share with you our experience and our love of travel um, to hopefully inspire you to enjoy what the world has to offer. So each episode will go somewhere different. We'll um, tell you about the things to see and do and how to get there, but also have a little taste of something nice from that um, from that area that we that we love to enjoy. So I guess today, Ingrid, um, where are we off to? Today, Kieran, we are off to Champagne, somewhere that we have both been in the beautiful country of France. Indeed, indeed, and what a wonderful place. It's, um, uh, I guess, an area that is synonymous, obviously, with, with sparkling, but has quite a rich history. Um, specifically today, we're off to, to Reims, the capital of the, um, of the region, and uh, one famous for a number of things. But I see you've got something you're trying to get out there, Ingrid. What's that? Well, no, I was just, just going to pull you up, Kieran, because, I mean... I'm not a French expert, but I, I have been trying to practice how to say this because it is not Reims. So, okay, so how do you say that? What are we talking about here? Okay, so it is extremely complicated, but I'm going to say it and then I'll try and spell it out so you can kind of maybe follow how, how it goes. So it's Reims. 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 So it's like R-A-H-I-N-C-E. And it's like you really got to get it from the back of the throat. Yeah, like yeah. So I, I don't even know if it, if I actually say it 100% correct, but I do know that it actually sounds like there's an NCE in there, not an MS. So, so you're, it's very like, odd. And you're talking about like Alex Rance, is that kind of, but Rance with a um, yes. little star at the back correct. of the throat. Correct, correct. That is a good analogy. And I'm a Richmond fan, even better. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, that's good to know. Like, I mean, I guess one of the things when you're traveling in France is that, um, you know, the language is, is, is a lot of similarities, you know, I've found, but um, some of that pronunciation, it's, there's a lot of, uh, uh, a, lot of uh, a lot of that sort of back of the throat kind of stuff is in there. So Yeah, um, absolutely. But they do love it when you try, even if you sound awful when you do it. Uh, yeah. Anyone anywhere in the world, if you're visiting their country, definitely give it a go to try and say it the right way. Yeah, try and channel your inner Inspector Clouseau. And, uh, and <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess uh, when, we're, when we're off to Orens, um, what, what are you drinking today, uh, Ingrid? What's your little tipple from, um, from this area? Yeah, so today, of course, I uh, have a glass of champagne here uh, with me. So I've just popped a bottle of Mum, G-H Mum, uh, which is obviously a very popular uh, champagne. Yep. Um, that we drink a lot in Australia, uh, but also you will find the Champagne House of GH Mum in France, uh, in France. And I went to the Champagne House just last year uh, and did a tour of the Champagne House. And um, yeah, so I enjoy a glass of Mum. So I did go to the bottle shop today and buy myself a nice bottle of chilled GH Mum. Beautiful. And did you um, did you visit Mum because you enjoy the champagne prior to that, or is it something that you've grown to love since that trip? Um, no, I enjoyed the champagne beforehand. I think um, Mum is something most people probably have had before. Um, so it was definitely one where I looked on the list of champagne houses you could go to and went, oh, I know that one, should definitely go there. So there's some of the others you might visit where you maybe haven't heard of them before, but um, 
and are less well known uh, here. But yeah, definitely Moon was one that I had enjoyed many times before. So I was keen to actually go to where it came from. Beautiful. And uh, and my tip uh, today is a lovely Tatanger Brut uh, or Tatanger, but uh, but Tatanger, I think, if we're going for <laughs> it. And, uh, and I myself was uh, a young traveler when I came across Tatanger. It's probably the first champagne um, that I really tried. So on a, on a trip, I've actually got a little, uh, little photo here um, I can show you from that trip many, many moons ago. Um, hey, look at you. So young. Big bottle of Tatanger, and clearly had come through um, through Belgium on the way to um, uh, to Rennes on that on that occasion. Um, if you know where where it's located, it's kind of in the northeast, isn't it, of, of France? Um, yeah. Not far from Belgium. Yeah. And, you know, I guess it's a other things in that area are things like um, like World War One battlefields, um, and I guess the the other thing that Rennes is really um, really known for is its cathedral it's um it's yes. a stunning place yeah um, absolutely it's beautiful hey look at that look at that old caravan in front of it the motorhome no, it's incredible. <laughs> it was 2002 back in back in the day but um but it's beautiful and i mean many people think of uh, notre dame de paris and they're thinking about cathedrals in france and uh, and unfortunately you know um there's been some terrible stuff happened with that in the last the last year and, and hopefully that'll get rebuilt mm. but there are many, many cathedrals um, around the area. And in fact, there are five grand cathedrals, uh, Notre Dame uh, in, in an area sort of within 100 kilometers or so of Paris. So including Notre Dame de Paris and Notre Dame de Reims, but, but there's also um, Chartres and Amiens and a place called Lons, which is um, L-A-O-N, which is actually where I stayed on this trip. Um, my battery yeah. really too by the looks of it, but anyway, there you go. Um, so I'm just going to take that out, but, uh, that yeah. <laughs> but they're all beautiful. they all started, I think in like the 12th, 1300s, um, these cathedrals and, and beautiful Gothic architecture known for those flying buttresses, but also for the beautiful stained glass windows and sculptures and, and these sort of bits and pieces. So, um, so yes, Champagne is huge, but, but it's such a, an important place, um, for some beautiful Gothic architecture as well. Um, well, I think your we experiences. Need champagne. Oh yes. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. So, on your trip there, you were just there last year, Ingrid. Um, tell us about about how you first of all got got there. Where were you staying? Where did you arrive from? Yeah. So for me, um, I actually came straight from the airport, which is actually, I think, something that um, maybe not many people realise you can do uh, on public transport. So I actually came from Charles de Gaulle uh, yeah. and went directly to Champagne-Ardenne TGV station, which is actually the high-speed um, TGV regional station. So a lot of TGV trains, which are the high, name of the high-speed trains in France, they go through um, Champagne-Ardenne before they go on to other areas um, of France. So that only took me about 35 minutes from Charles de Gaulle Airport. So it's super fast um, from the airport, even quicker than Paris, so. Oh, wow. Yeah, very easy to do. Um, and Champagne-Ardenne uh, station is actually 
about, I think it's about eight kilometres from the city centre of Verhunts. So you've still got to get into the city centre from there. But we actually transferred just from um, the TGV high-speed train onto a small regional train. It's like a five-minute transfer and they're fairly frequent. So we just had that included in our ticket um, when we bought the ticket and we were able to just go straight um, into the middle of the city uh, to the central station in Hunts from there. So it was pretty easy. Beautiful. Yeah. And- um, and both of us have worked a lot with with trains, Ingrid, haven't we? So we do we, we do love a train journey or two. But but really we in front, the way to go, isn't it? Like you know, I, I I remember when I went there, I was um, driving with my aunt and uncle, and um, you know, it's just mayhem some of the times, particularly around Paris driving. So I think it would be my my choice of um, travel would always be train, particularly in France. I mean, the the high speed network's amazing. Tickets are pretty cheap. You know, it's it's a pretty good way to go. Um, Absolutely. You can get from the middle of one city to the middle of the next. You don't have to worry about the tolls. You don't have to worry about where you're going to park your car. You don't have to worry about driving on the other side of the road. And particularly in Champagne, you want to actually enjoy the Champagne. So true. let's true. face it. There are miles and miles of um, of, cham- of Champagne caves. Is it caves that they call them? It really is, isn't it? In the sort of built into the chalk that um, that's underneath Reims and Reims. Mm. And um, there's some other villages around as well. Epernay is, is the other kind of um, champagne um, town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, that's go? where a lot of the headquarters are, actually. Yeah, well, I was just going to say that. Like, we, we talked about a couple of the um, wineries in in Rance, but, um, yeah. but if you Epernay, do you know many that are stationed there or have their headquarters there? Yeah, so Moet and Chandon does, which is obviously a big one that a lot of people in Australia will have heard of and, and drunk before. Um, so that's in Epinay. Um, and then there's another couple who I'm sure I'm going to absolutely butcher the French pronunciation of, that, but um, Paul Roger is, okay. is there as well, which people may have heard of. Um, so there's a there's a there's a couple of others as well. Um, Mercier is also there, which is a really well known, famous uh, champagne family um, in terms of history. But um, but probably not something that we see a lot of in Australia. I'm not sure how much they export to Australia, but it's it's not a it's not a commonly um, drunk champagne here. So I don't know much much background about that. I was actually reading um, before we did this episode, Kieran. I, I was. I was reading a little bit more about Epinay because I haven't been there myself and um, I found it really funny because the uh, Mercier family who um, has that champagne house actually held a car rally right. in their underground cellars in 1950 and not a single okay. bottle was broken. Joking. How so good they, is that? It just, but it just goes to show like how huge it is. Oh, the network sort of think of like an anthill or something like that and it's just these little extensive bits and pieces um yeah, I think yeah there's you, more than i think more than 400 champagne houses in the region and like literally hundreds of kilometers of cellars hundreds yeah. under the so, ground that you'd never know were there so when you're talking about things to see and do i mean that's that's one of the key things in these areas isn't it, is to visit these caves you can take you can take tours um, the picture I showed you before was was the Tatanger. I think you might have done that one too, Ingrid. Um, potentially, was that right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, I did do Tatanger as well, uh, and then I um, also went to Vranque Pomeray, um, yes. which is another one in that region, and Verve Clicquot as well, which obviously is another one that we've all heard of in Australia and is a pretty popular 
champagne to drink here with the beautiful yellow label. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, very well known. I know um, working in the travel industry for a little bit, both of us, Ingrid, have come across a lot of Verve and a lot of Verve bottles. I think it's been the go-to for many a travel agent and probably a lot more in these times where it's <laughs> where we're not um, seeing a lot of travel going on at the moment. But um, Definitely. Sure. We can keep I, dreaming. Well, that's right. Hopefully a few people are enjoying a, a nice glass of Verve and at least taking themselves to champagne if they, if, um, you know, a certain way, if not physically. But um, Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess you know moving on to onto things to see and, and do there obviously the champagne um, the champagne tours and and the champagne houses is a, is a major attraction what else would you say there is to do there in in Rennes, um, um well I think that you I mean you covered it a little bit before Kieran uh, in terms of you know obviously there's the the champagne houses um, and I actually thought I'll show you some of my um, photos great. Um, if you can uh, see them there. Yep. Yeah. So, so this is actually from uh, from GH uh, Moore. So this is from their cellar uh, when I did the tour at the Champagne House. Um, and this is like a museum room that they have at the end, towards the end of the tour, that you can have a look um, through some of the old uh, machinery that they used to use uh, back in the day to to uh, make champagne. So that's pretty pretty cool. They've got it's all really well set up. So you've got all the you can see the light boxes on the right hand side there, where you can actually see exactly what um, information on exactly when it was used and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, you can see there, so the full extent of it. So that's that whole cave network going all the way down. Um, yep. All this all this is underground uh, under the city of Runs. This is me at Pomeray <laughs> having a bit of fun. This was after a couple of champagnes. Um, uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, it's been always good to have a bit of fun. So this was our tasting at, at Pomeranian that we had. Um, probably something to note, which I don't know if you realised, Kieran, because did you just go to Tatanjay when you went? Yeah, just the one. Just visited the one yeah. in the house, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you go to a champagne house, in France particularly, you actually um, you have, basically have to do a tour. Uh, of the of the champagne house and then it includes the tasting at the end as part of the cost of the tour so what you'll find is that a lot of the information that you're given on the tour is actually the same so it's very repetitive they give you the history of the champagne region they give you the way that they produce champagne um, and a tour of the cellars and then you have a tasting at the end now it's fantastic because obviously there's some subtle differences between the different champagne houses but it is very much similar. So you really don't want to be doing more than one or two probably champagne houses and especially not more than one or two a day if you're planning on staying for an extended period of time. Yeah. So what we found was um, Berkeley Cove is actually one of the only places in uh, France that actually um, has uh, offers, offers tastings without yeah. the tour. Um, so that's definitely one that I would recommend. And I believe in FNA you can also visit more champagne houses without having to do the actual tour. You can just do the tasting. So you just have to look for the word degustation, um, which is basically tasting in French, uh, and yeah. that means that they will offer you a tasting without having to do a tour. So just a little tip on that. Um, obviously, I saw the cathedral as well, um, like you. So my shot is not quite as beautiful as yours, um, but, uh, but got it from a different angle. And, uh, and also what I loved about Plants was um, the quirky little street art that is oh, around. Yeah. Okay. It's really cool. And I don't know if you remember this or noticed this when you were there, Kieran, but I actually really loved this. There was some really great 
um, all around the, the streets. Yeah. There was really great artwork, like this little Mickey Mouse um, with his umbrella that was actually poking out of the wall. There was another one that was like a rat mural that was on a, on a really, on, in a dark alley um, engraved into a wall as well. Uh, there was, yeah, some, some really cool little bits of artwork around the town, which, which I think gives it, gives it um, just this authentic, authentic flavour. Pardon? There's a cool little vibe going on in, in Rims by the sounds. There it. is, there is, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't take that many photos, um, but, yeah, that was the end of my of my photos. But the other stuff that I had there, um, that I did there, was actually there's another abbey called um, St... Uh, what's it called? St. Remy? Yes, St. Remy, yes. Did you go yeah. there as well? No, I didn't, but I did read up a little bit on San Remy and who this was. And San Remy uh -huh. was a a bishop uh, who, in I think it was the four hundreds, four hundred and seventy, no, four hundred ninety six. Sorry, just looking at my notes here, but um, yep. was the bishop of of Rance and actually coronated or anointed um, the first Frankish king. King Clovis, and from there, basically, Rheims became the place where French kings were coronated. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, there's probably about three or four that weren't coronated in the whole history of French kings in uh, in Rheims. But um, but really, in that cathedral that that we've shown is the that was the place where French kings were anointed right up until you know um, they were no longer uh, about a couple hundred years ago. So it's um, you know quite a quite an important place. But Saint Remy was the man who started it all. Um, so you visited the abbey there of Saint Remy, and what? Yeah, what... yeah, it's got so it's got a little medieval uh, museum uh, as well. So obviously from the time when Saint Remy was was around, um, and I think it's just got a really it's really quaint. Uh, it was having some some construction when we were there, so we weren't able to access all the areas, but. That was over um, twelve. That was twelve months ago now. So yep. give it a go. Give it a go when we can go back to France in hopefully twelve months' time from now, and uh, and hopefully you'll be able to see it. Exactly. And look, to be honest, I think you find if you're traveling in Europe um, and probably anywhere in the world that a lot of these old buildings, they do take a lot of maintenance, don't they? So that quite often you've got um, things under construction and that sort of stuff. But um, but probably also the good thing, I mean, current times uh, excluded, is that you can go back time and time again and gives you a reason to go back if you haven't quite seen something um exactly oh i definitely want to go back and see fna i think um fna is much a much smaller town there's only twenty five thousand people compared to i think nearly two hundred thousand in france so yeah. i'd love to go back there um they've got the avenue de, Cham de champagne which um is supposed to be glorious and a great way to walk along and visit some of the champagne houses so beautiful and i just i when, whenever we talk about fna i just can't get kath and kim out of my head i'm pretty sure um <laughs> fna was the um kim <laughs> The baby's name, yes. <laughs> you just reminded me of that as well. Oh, gosh. Wow. that's coming into my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I will say as well is that once a lot of people, I think, are under the assumption that they have to drive when they're there, like they should get to Hunts and then hire a car, but you actually don't need to. So we actually walked from Central Runs, um, where the main station is, all the way out to Tatanger, Verclicot, Pomeray, all within that walking distance is about a 20 minute walk so obviously you need to be able to to be reasonably fit and healthy but it was a fairly flat walk um and to be honest when we were there it was over 40 degrees it was that heat wave last summer that france had um 
Yeah, and we still managed. Took some water with us and we were good. So so I definitely recommend that people can still walk and feel comfortable to walk um, if they don't want to do a full tour with hiring a bus or a taxi or hiring a car and having to have a dedicated driver. Exactly. And look, I mean, I guess uh, being so close to Paris really is, you know, less than an hour. Um, it, it's it's kind of a really good day trip. Um, if oh, you ask perfect Paris. day trip. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I guess when I went with my aunt and uncle, um, we stayed we stayed in Long, which is um, probably 20, 30 minutes away from from Rockens. and um, you know, and just the countryside around the the area was so beautiful. I, I have this memory. I mean, it was quite a little a while ago, but I just remember driving through the countryside with them and mm. and taking time out there. So I guess if you were spending, um, you could do it as a day trip, but also it's worth thinking about that area in general as. Um, somewhere that you could base yourself and, and have a, a beautiful holiday in itself um, absolutely a little bit more um, in all things champagne and um, and the area yeah agree absolutely agree cool well I think we've covered Rennes um, pretty well Ingrid it's obviously yeah. a, a land, um, of champagne but a land of history yeah. and of importance uh, and also by the sounds of it somewhere that's um, that's really gaining a nice little um a cool little culture going on there and, and lots of cafes and restaurants i guess popping up um along the way too um so definitely a place we'd recommend um i'm recommending the patanger brut a nice little um chardonnay pinot noir uh, sparkling uh would you recommend your mum i would always recommend mum cordon rouge which is the the the, the mum that most people will get um at the bottle shop here in australia so highly recommended Absolutely. Sante. Sante. Drink um, well and travel often, everybody. Beautiful. And until next time, I'm Kieran. And I'm Ingrid. This, this is Ingrid. And this is Travel and Sip. Thanks for watching.